So the 29th, you don't need to sign up or anything. You just got to show up with 20 bucks, okay? And if you don't have 20 bucks, just talk to me, all right? We'll figure out a way to get 20 bucks, all right? <laughs> um, okay. All right. Here's, here's what we're going to do. For the fall, because technically, I think it's still summer, right? But fall? Fall? But technically, the season is still the summer. But we're, we're going to call it fall. For the fall, we're going to be going through the book of Matthew, okay? It's a gospel uh, according to Matthew. And in this book, uh, like, why, why are we reading Matthew out of all these books, okay? We're gonna read this, we're gonna read this book just as simply to get to know Jesus and to learn about Jesus, okay? Just kinda gonna go simple. These are all stories about Jesus in his life. So that's why we're reading Matthew. And, and a thing about Matthew is he was a, he was a Jewish man, he was a disciple of Jesus, and so in his, in his writing, there's gonna be some similar themes that he kind of talks about a lot. So he's gonna talk about the kingdom of God, he's gonna talk about Jesus and how Jesus fulfills the Old Testament, um, he's going to talk about how Jesus is the Messiah that the Jewish people have waited for. Um, and hopefully, more than anything, we're going to answer this question, okay? So what? So what? We're going to learn about Jesus and who he is and all these things. There's going to be recurring themes. And hopefully, at the end of each night, you're going to, this question will hopefully somewhat be answered. So what? All right? So even if, I, if I'm not answering that question for you, ask in your head, so what? So, so why does this matter for me? All right? Just keep asking yourself that. All right? Um, all right, I'm, oh man, I didn't, okay, I'm going to, no, we're going to read the passage, okay? Can I, three volunteers to read the passage? I need, I need, there's three people in the story. There's John the Baptist, there's Jesus, and there's a voice from heaven. Anyone want to be John the Baptist? John the Baptist? Any student want to be John the Baptist? Student? I need a student to be John the Baptist. Uh, Asher, you want to be John the Baptist? You just got to read a line. You want to? Geo? Oh, come on. Who wants, who's going to read John the Baptist? Jewel? All right, cool. Jewel. Okay, cool. We got a John the Baptist. Open to Matthew. Open to Matthew 3. Matthew 3. Matthew 3. Open to Matthew 3. Luke, go stand on the balcony. But Luke. Luke, take this, take this, take this. Good. Okay, just go up there. Good. Um, yes. Uh, yeah, you come stand up here. Come stand up here. No, come stand up here. Balcony. Go stand at the top of the balcony. Oh, Matthew 3. We're in Matthew 3, verses 13 through 17. Matthew 3, verses 13 through 17. Okay? I'm, okay, Logan. Logan is Jesus. Jewel, you're John the Baptist. 13 to 17. 3, 13 to 17. And you're the voice from heaven. Okay? I'm going to be the narrator. All right? Uh, no, it's not. It's not. Don't worry. Um, don't worry. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll figure, we'll figure it out for weeks to come. You guys want to stand right next to each other? Kind of do some, some interaction, kind of walking up. All right. Whatever you want to do. All right. Just do your part. You're John the Baptist. You got to read. I'm going to be the narrator, but when it says your line, you're going to read your line. You're John the Baptist line. It, it'll all click for you. Okay. Here it is. Matthew 3 verses 13 to 17. You ready, Luke? Okay. 13 to 17. All right. Here we go. I want to see your best, your best acting here. Okay. This is, this is the baptism of Jesus. Okay. Oh, hopefully, hopefully by today, at the end, at the end of today, us talking right now, 
we're going to see that all things, okay, all things, think of everything, all things come together in Jesus, okay? So just be thinking about that, maybe as you, as you listen and watch this spectacle. All right? Then Jesus, here we go, I'm narrating. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the, to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. So Jesus, yeah, good, you're going to Galilee, from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying, Yes, very good. But Jesus answered him. Very good. Then, then Jesus consented. Oh no, then John consented. And when Jesus was baptized, go ahead, baptize him, baptize him. Baptize him. Good. Then when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water and behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, (laughs) Hit us with it. This is my beloved son. This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. All right, good job. All right, Luke, yeah, come on down. Yeah, it's on, man. All right, you can leave those Bibles here up front. Good. All right. If you couldn't if you couldn't follow that, if you did follow it, very good, okay? Luke, come on down here and, yeah, turn that off. All right, good. If you couldn't follow that, Jesus, Jesus comes to this river to be baptized, and John the Baptist is there, and Jesus is like, John, baptize me. And John is like, why would I baptize you? I need to be baptized by you. And Jesus is like, no, all righteousness is going to be fulfilled in this baptism. Thanks, Luke. So then Jesus is baptized and the heavens open. And then there's this voice that says, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. All right. Thank you guys for all for all doing that. All right. Let me let me pray. And then I didn't pray yet. Right. Okay. let me pray. And then and then we'll talk a little more. Jesus, thank you for this time together. Uh, thank you for just the the joys of reading about you, um, the joys of knowing you more. Um, we ask that you would just uh, give us life um, and give us life abundantly, and we would meet you here today. And we love you, and we thank you for your love for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Uh, I went for a walk the other day at Horseshoe Lake. Okay. Everyone know Horseshoe Lake in Roxbury? Uh, that was a couple weeks ago, actually. Okay, and I, I want to bring my I want to bring my friend with me. It's in Roxbury, so I'm like, hey, you want to come along? My friend was like, of course, all right. Um, so immediately we get we get to the car, and my friend hops in the car, right? And they're like, yo, put the window down, put the window down. I'm like, all right, whatever. So I put the window down. They're nagging me, okay, but put the window down. And believe it or not, believe it or not, I'm like 10 minutes away from Horseshoe Lake, maybe maybe a little more. 90% of the way there my friend just had their head out the window like the whole time. I was like, I was like, what, what are you doing? Goofy. Okay. So anyways, anyways, we get, we get the horseshoe lake and we start walking around. We're walking and every, seriously, like my friend knows no stranger. So like every time we pass someone, we have to stand there for like a little bit and they'd be like, Hey, how's it going? And they're like, Oh, they're so excited to see everyone. I'm like, can we just walk? We came here to walk. Okay. And then we're, we're walking past a puddle on the floor. My friend, gets down, and starts drinking from the puddle. I'm like, yo, what? 
What are you doing that for? My friend is just off the charts. Weird. Okay. Finally, we get back in the car. I sit, I'm sitting there. My friend gets in the passenger seat. They're sitting there. All of a sudden, I turn. My friend looks at me, licks my face. I'm like, yo, what is going on? All right. It's probably, it's probably helpful if I told you that my friend was my dog, Zona. Okay. It's probably helpful if I told you that. Otherwise, it might be weird. Okay. But my point in telling you that story is this. Okay. Sometimes, sometimes we see things or sometimes we hear things or we experience things and they just, they just don't make sense sometimes. Okay. But then we find some sort of missing information or we find a missing piece or we, we just gain some new experience. And from that missing piece, everything makes sense. Everything comes together. Right? Like if I told you that story and you didn't know it was a dog, it would be like, what is going on? But I tell you it's a dog. It's like, okay, that makes sense. And that happens in our lives with a lot of things. There's a lot of things that we're confused about. And then there's like one thing that's like, oh, this makes sense now. Right? That happens in movies. Sometimes there's like sequels, like the, the, the second Spider-Verse part one of the second Spider-Verse movie. Come on, man. Like just give us a second part already so everything can just be pulled together, right? But I think that's what's going on here with Jesus' baptism, okay? Jesus, he's showing us that he is the missing piece that pulls everything together. Jesus is showing us that he's the missing piece that pulls everything together. Right, Jesus comes to be baptized by John. And does John want to baptize him? Nice. We got a little whisper here. We got to know. No, John doesn't want to baptize him, right? And, and but then find John, finally John is like, yeah, I'll baptize you, okay? Um, and then Jesus is baptized. And then in verse 15, this is, this is what Jesus says. Well, before Jesus is baptized, Jesus is like, John, I need to be baptized. Let it be so now. Let me be baptized now. For thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. There's some sort of righteousness that Jesus is talking about that needs to be fulfilled. Something that needs to come together because Jesus is going to be baptized, because Jesus is there. Right? And, and Jesus is the one who can fulfill it. He says that right here. And I think part of what Jesus is talking about, remember before we said that Matthew, he was a, he was a Jewish disciple of Jesus, right? So he knew the Old Testament very well. He knew all the prophecies. He knew all the prom, prophecies. I said that right, right? All the promises of the Old Testament. All these things that, that, uh, the Israelites kind of based their life on and, and banked on. They're like, we, these are all the promises and prophecies and we're, and we're waiting for this Messiah. We're waiting for this person that all, all of these prophecies and promises are fulfilled in. And, and part of it is that Jesus is the one who fulfills those promises and prophecies for the, for the Israelites, right? So that's part of what, what Jesus is saying. He's saying that I am the one who fulfills these prophecies. I'm the one who fulfills these promises. So this, this story that the Jewish people had heard about, it's, it's about a Messiah who was going to come and, and restore them and deliver them. It doesn't make sense until actually their Messiah comes and, and is fulfilled in Jesus, is what Jesus is saying. But then, has anyone heard of the Message Bible? Has anyone heard of that? There's, there's, a, there's a pastor, author named Eugene Peterson, and he writes, he doesn't call it a translation of the Bible necessarily, but he calls it like a paraphrase. Um, and so he actually puts this verse, he puts it like this. He says that Jesus is saying this. God's work, putting things right all these centuries, is coming together right now in this baptism. God's work, putting things right throughout all the centuries, putting things right throughout all these centuries, is coming together right now in this baptism. And I really like that he says that because I think it, it actually shows us that 
Jesus isn't just talking about being the one who fulfills these Old Testament Jewish prophecies, but actually Jesus is the one who fulfills making all things right. All things right. And here, here's how it can apply to us, okay? Think about your life, okay? Everyone think about your life right now. Is there something that is wrong in your life right now? It can be something big or small, right? Maybe it's like, oh man, uh, I'm really tired. That's wrong, right? I'm really tired. Maybe it's something bigger, like there's some relationship or friendship in your life that is just broken and hurting, and that's wrong. And, and I'm, saying these, I'm saying this because all of us, if we think about our life, there's something big or small or both that is wrong with our life. And what Jesus is saying is that he has come to make all things that are wrong right. And so if there's something wrong in your life, this is applicable to you because Jesus is, has come to make all things that are wrong right. And so what? Like, what do we do with that, right? Because all these things that are wrong in our life and our lives, they, they don't necessarily just like go like this once Jesus comes into our life. It's not just like, oh, everything's right now, right? But I'm going to share with you a story, okay? There are many things in my life that I'm embarrassed about, okay? There's a lot of things in my life that I'm embarrassed about that I don't like to share with others, especially the things that like I've done wrong in my life, right? Like we don't, we don't like to talk about the ways that we failed or messed up, um, right? Like ways that we've treated other people poorly or things that I've done or relationships that, I, that I've hurt. I don't like to really, I'm embarrassed about those things because those are ways that I've wronged other people. And I feel shame and I feel guilt and a lot of regret about those things a lot of the time. And I'm gonna share one with you, okay? When I was in middle school, it was probably like seventh or eighth grade, Kids would come over to my house all the time. We'd play outside. And I remember one time I had one of my neighbors that lived a few houses down on my street. He came over and we had other friends there. And we were all hanging out. Um, and we were just hanging out and being fun, having fun. We were like playing on my trampoline. And then we like got to the driveway. And I think one of my friends was about to leave. My friend who lived down the street was about to leave. And as he was riding his bike away, my, my friend next to me, he said, he said something really mean. He said, don't break the road because it was kind of a, a bigger kid riding this bike. And I, I sat, I stood there next to my friend and instead of like being, uh, instead of defending my other friend riding away or instead of uh, like saying, hey, that's not cool and going over to my other friend and being like, hey, I'm, I'm sorry that my friend did this. I, you know, in, in defending him, I just kind of stood there and laughed along and encouraged it. And I, I know, like, I still, I, I remember that today because it, like, it makes me feel a lot of regret and shame and guilt because of how I probably hurt this kid who was riding away. And I didn't even say anything, but just by being there, right, and laughing and encouraging it. And I wish, I wish that never happened, right? And I think it, it's moments like these that I really realize how broken I am. Like, there's moments in our lives that we probably are ingrained in our, in our brains and our memories that really make us to realize how broken we are. And sometimes I wonder, like, if someone really knew all these moments about me, like, could they really love me? Would they, would they even be able to smile at me, like, genuinely smile at me? Or would they just want to cast me out and put me away? Would I just be, like, the most hated person on earth, you know? If someone really knew all the baggage that I carry and all the wrongs that I've done or all the ways that I've wronged others and, and the ways that I've been wronged, it's not just the ways I've wronged others, but also the ways that I have been wronged, would anyone really love me? Or be able, or care about me, or, or really even just be able to smile at me genuinely. And I think at the end of this passage, in verse 17, there's something that is really encouraging for all of us that have been wronged or that have wronged others. Okay. Uh, God the Father, who was Luke playing here with his megaphone, 
he says this at the end in verse 17 about Jesus, right? Jesus is baptized and he comes up from the waters and heaven's opened and he says these really, really beautiful words. He says, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. That sounds like a sentence where he's smiling, right? He's looking down and he's smiling and he's saying this so genuinely, right? And I think this is the most amazing thing about all things coming together in Jesus. We're going back to that. The most amazing thing about all things coming together in Jesus is that everything that is wrong in our lives, the ways that we've wronged others, the ways that we have been wronged and and that we feel shame and guilt and embarrassment about, all those things, they come together in Jesus. And the response we get from Jesus, the response we get from God, is is not the one we expect. It's not a frown from God. It's not him casting us away, but it's him actually saying this with a sincere smile on his face. He says this, this is my child that I love and delight in. This is my child that I love and delight in. And that because all things come together in Jesus, that even means that our wrongs, the ways we've been wronged, the ways that we have wronged others, those come together in Jesus as well. They come to him and they, and they attach to him. And, Jesus, and God looks at him and he says, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. And the most amazing thing is that when we're reminded of that, then we are reminded that we are more than the ways that we've been wronged. We're more than that. And we can, we can try to move forward and, be, and go forward with love. And also, we can move forward from the ways that we've wronged others and move with love and humility towards others now. So this, this is what's so amazing about this baptism, is that all things come together with Jesus, and Jesus shows us that he is with us in the midst of our pain, and he moves us. He moves us by his grace and by his love to live a life that's lived for others, actually. Knowing that all things come together in Jesus helps us to move from a life of embarrassment and shame and guilt because of the ways that we've wronged others and that we've been wronged to a life that is whole, um, and a life where we are reminded that we are loved, uh, and also a life where we can go and love others as well. So let's pray, and then we're going to go do some small groups, all right? God, we thank you. Um, we thank you that you don't leave us um, in the midst of our uh, despair or the ways that we've wronged others, the ways that we've been wronged. Um, but you actually draw near to us. And not because of who we are or the ways that we can pick ourselves up and be better, but you look at us and you say, this is my beloved child with whom I delight in. And you smile at us with a warm smile. And you love us and, and you do this because of Jesus, because all things have come together in him. So help us to draw near to him and remind us that he is actually drawing near to us even when we can't draw near to him. Um, Remind us that we are loved, um, that we are more than the ways that we've been wronged, and that we can move uh, from shame and guilt about the ways that we've wronged others to a life lived for others, and that's marked by love and humility. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.